You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 698 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Friday evening into Saturday morning, and the Hawks, I'm not sure it's made, making history, but the Hawks definitely uh, put something in the record books for the first time in a long time. The streak is over. The Hawks had not won in San Antonio since February 15th, 1997. Yes, you're hearing me correctly. 1997, uh, it's a long time. I was alive and kicking, uh, but as my guest Ben Ladner yesterday was not alive. Uh, a lot of people that listen to this podcast, I'm sure, were not alive at that point in time, but it's been a while. The Hawks come back late in the game on Friday night and topple the Spurs by a one-point margin. Really a fun game in a lot of ways, and we'll talk about it uh, from every angle here on the podcast, as we, as we always do. As I said a second ago, I had a nice, fun podcast with Ben Ladner yesterday, about an hour-long show, a little bit longer than normal. Hopefully you guys enjoy that deep-dive format. We talked about the Jeff Teague trade, and Andre Drummond, and Yaka Pertl, and Steven Adams, etc., etc., so plenty to uh, dive into there if you haven't already heard that one, but okay, we can pivot now to the game itself. Um, the Hawks were in a tough spot. In this game, uh, you know, in addition to the streak itself, the Hawks were about nine-point underdogs in this spot because they were without Alex Lynn. They were shorthanded with uh, no Jabari Parker still. Jeff T and Trayvon Grant were not available in this game, and the Spurs were almost at full strength playing at home. So, you know, all that stuff to be said. The Hawks were not the favorite in this game, obviously. And uh, even more funny about the streak, the Hawks' <laughs> entire starting five was not born yet when the uh, game happened. Um, last time the Hawks won in San Antonio, so... Pretty crazy, and uh, I will say, and I think the broadcast did a good job of talking about this, and so did Lloyd Pierce in his opening uh, start in his opening address after the game. But the uh, Spurs put together a pretty cool tribute video for Vince Carter. Uh, Vince responded by actually playing quite well in this game, which was good to see for the Hawks. But uh, that's one that you'll want to watch if you have if you actually uh, missed that one over the course of the game itself. But we can move to the game. Uh, the first quarter was pretty positive. In fact, the first half was pretty positive for Atlanta overall. A couple of uh, threes from Trey Young and Kevin Herter in the early going. John Collins was very active and productive in the first four minutes. The Hawks took, Hawks took an early lead. Um, they actually went to Damian Jones for the first backup center minutes in this game, even with Bruno Fernando back. You might remember that when Bruno was uh, around before he left for a week plus, um, he was the backup center primarily. In this game, Bruno did play two different stints, but it was more Jones than Fernando, which I wanted to make sure that I noted. Um, there was a lineup that was interesting early on with Brandon Goodwin, Bembry, Reddish, Carter, and Jones on the floor. Um, I had less of an issue with it in this game. The Hawks only had 11 guys available. One of the, one of those guys was Charlie Brown, who the Hawks don't seem to want to play in terms of a competitive environment. So really a 10-man rotation in this spot. They all played, but definitely a short bench for the Hawks, um, especially when you remember that you know in the near future you'll have Alex Lynn and Jeff T at a bare minimum in the rotation and then potentially Graham as well. So a couple more bodies that are on the way here, but the Hawks didn't have a whole lot of options when it came to the rotation in this game. It kind of dictated itself for the most part. Um, the Hawks shot it well early on. That continued throughout the game, but they made five threes in the first quarter. They did, though, struggle on the offensive glass, on the, I'm sorry, on the, on the defensive glass, allowing offensive rebounds for the Spurs in the first quarter. The Spurs had six offensive rebounds in the first quarter, which kind of allowed them to stick in the game because because the Hawks did a pretty good job otherwise uh, throughout that quarter. 
In the second quarter, um, it was Vince Carter time, which was a lot of fun. As I alluded to earlier, he had a good game, and most of that came in the second quarter. A nice little flourish early on. This is, his, his, uh, of course, his final trip to San Antonio. But he had 10 points in his first seven minutes of play, including two threes. He was leading the he was leading the entire game that was that included both teams in scoring after about a first quarter and a half. So that kind of tells you how, how things were going. Vince had a nice little stretch there, uh, sort of in his bag in the post. It was a lot of fun seeing the uh, throwback version of Vince kind of, I, I guess, engineering the offense for part of that stretch. Um, also, worth noting, kind of just a funny thing, Bembry was called for pump faking a free throw, which is a violation. I'm not sure if he just had a brain fart or whatever happened there at the, at the free throw line, but uh, he lost the opportunity to shoot a free throw because he pump faked. And that was the correct call. It was definitely bizarre, but I uh, wanted to point that out because it, it did happen, even if it happened a long time ago in retrospect. Um, a 7-0 run from the Hawks, take their largest lead of the game at 52-43, and then another 8-2 run after that. Atlanta led by as many as 13 at that point in time. Um, they actually, that, that included a, a big stretch from Trey Young, where he had 6 points in about 30 seconds. Um, the Hawks didn't close the half particularly well, leading to a buzzer beater from the Spurs, but even with that said, Atlanta was up by 9 at the halftime break. They shot the ball very well in the first half. Trey had 19 points, including 14 in the second quarter. Vince had 11, and uh, defensively they held up pretty well. So you know, at, at the halftime break, they're up by 9 on the road. The game certainly has a long way to go, but has to be feeling pretty good about the way, the way that things transpire, but the uh, third quarter was not kind in any way, shape, or form. Um, back and forth a little bit for the first few minutes of the third quarter, um, but then there was a, a, a big swing in some respects with John Collins Seemingly just having like a, like a brain cramp. He had a, there was a bad pass from Kevin Herter that was that was not on Collins, but it was thrown into the backcourt. Collins pretty easily could have gotten to it, uh, and it would have been it would have been a backcourt violation, but it would not have been a uh, a runout for San Antonio. But Collins kind of just didn't go after it until it was too late. Um, they got a uh, it was Dejounte Murray got a fast break layup from the Spurs out of that, and Collins um, magnified that but that, that mistake by actually committing a foul. That was his third foul after. Uh, all of that. So in the end, you have Collins having to lead the game with foul trouble, and you have another free, you know, some free points there for the Spurs. That was only one play, but because Collins was battling foul trouble the entire game, I wanted to point that out as another uh, situation to circle. There was a 12-3 run by the Spurs to tie the game right after that play, and then Hunter actually in the middle of that missed both free throws, and on the one time the Hawks actually got to the line during that stretch. There was a big dunk by Damian Jones that I wanted to point out that was actually one of the highlights of the night off a of feed by Trey Young to, to, to take the lead back briefly. But from there, uh, it didn't last really at all. A 16-0 run from the Spurs, the biggest run of the game by either team. And in fact, it was a 30-9 overall uh, push from the Spurs to open the third quarter to take a 12-point lead. So um, Atlanta, Atlanta went from down nine, sorry, went from up nine to down <laughs> to down 12 with relative haste and uh, a pretty big swing there. Obviously, um, also there was one play in the middle of that run that was a big controversial play in, in the moment. Trey Young had a three that looked like it was going to count, and there, there was a, a moving screen. Sorry, a, a defensive foul was called on on someone trying to fight through a screen on Trey. The shot was originally called good by Trey Young. They, they have to go to the review immediately on that one, sort of a bang bang play. The officials overruled that, took the three off the board. That would have been pretty much the only bucket in that whole stretch. Um, also, that led to some, some frustration from the Hawks. Technical fouls from both Trey Young and Lloyd Pierce during, during that long run by San Antonio. And uh, Atlanta trailed trail by as many as 15 points in the third quarter. Um, that's pretty ugly in a lot of ways. I will say there was a nice little close to the Haw- f- to the third quarter by the Hawks, and Lloyd Pierce said that after the game, he sort of credited their mental toughness to not let it get out of hand even more. You know, I'm not sure how much I want to assign credit for that, but still, they, they did end the game, sorry, end the third quarter 
pretty well. There was a nice big late three from Cam Reddish, who was fantastic in this game, to give them a mini, a mini spark. Still down 11, but it could have been worse, frankly. They allowed 41 points in, in, the, in the third quarter, and, um, you know, it went from 15 down to 11. That kind of gave the Hawks uh, more of a chance to come back and win this game, because if it had gotten to 20 or so, and, and honestly pretty much could have pretty easily there, the game might have been over, but because they were able to hold on, that's what Pierce was talking about, just kind of giving themselves a chance to win in the fourth quarter. Trey sat for a long time. He actually has left knee wrapped up on the bench, sat for about seven minutes. There was some concern, at least in my brain, that he might that he may not come back because of the way that it was wrapped up and, the, and just how long he sat. But he came back in with the Hawks down 14, and the Hawks, of course, won the rest of the game by 15 points. It was not all Trey by any means, but that was obviously a huge swing point um, when he was able to return and play the rest of the game. I believe it was like the last nine and a half minutes of the contest. Um, back-to-back threes in a hurry from Reddish and Herter to get back with an eight. That was a big swing in itself. That was the fourth three for Reddish. He had 19 points already at that point in time. And then there was a brutal spot where the Hawks had three or four guys around the ball to, to secure a defensive rebound, did not do so. And that actually led to a questionable foul call on Collins for his fourth foul. Um, he was still in foul trouble, as I said before, pretty much the entire game. There was a nice pass, though, by Reddish to Collins for an easy bucket. And then Herter, hit a, Herter had another easy one to get back within seven with six and a half minutes to go. And uh, from that point forward, it was kind of uh, back and forth, but still mostly in the Hawks' direction. Another three by Reddish, his fifth of the night. By the way, a career high for Cam with five threes. Take it back within four. They got a stop from there. Um, Cam actually came out of the game. I wanted to address this real quickly. People were upset on Twitter that Cam was coming out of the game. I will say this. There was no way he was going to play the rest of the game. Cam had played... um, if they had left him in, he would have had to play the last like 14 and a half minutes without coming out, which is just never going to happen there. He was always going to get a, a blow at some point in time. I understand the timing is kind of weird because he had he, he had it really he really had it going in that spot. He was hot, but just realistically, I'm sure he was tired. And just guys don't play 14 and a half, 15 minutes in a row like that, particularly when uh, they're young, when they're young guys like like Cam Reddish who are not quite as established. So I had no issue with it. He came back in pretty soon, pretty soon after that, and of course it worked out pretty well for Atlanta. Um, couple of weird spots, though, because the Hawks actually got down by eight again because Trey Young missed a, missed a pair of free throws, which was bizarre. He doesn't usually do that, missing both of them in a row. And actually, the Hawks caught a break when Marco Villanelli missed a wide-open three. He doesn't really do that very often. Um, but still, after a turnover, Collins gets his fifth foul, and the Hawks are down eight again with about four minutes to go. Looked to be in some in, in some trouble at that point in time. That was not the last time, though, that, that they would actually seem like they were in some trouble. A nice big three by Trey Young, though, to get back within five. And then Trey makes two free throws to get back within three, and you're feeling pretty good again. But after Aldridge makes four free throws in a row for the Spurs, sandwiched around a turnover that was a bad one by Trey, and Atlanta's down seven again. And it's just one of those situations where they it felt like multiple times that they couldn't get over the hump, and the lead was going to kind of just be safe for San Antonio. But um, it was 120 to 114 with about 130 to go. They fouled Trey Young at the 120 mark. He makes both to get back within four. Um, Then, a huge call in the game. Um, Aldridge fouls out on an offensive foul call, battling for position against Collins. It was probably the right call, but it was definitely a big, big swing in this game. If the Spurs score there to go back up by six, they're probably in full control. Um, But in one fell swoop, Aldridge fouls out, who was arguably the best player, if not the best player, one of the top two or three players on the Spurs roster. He's gone, and the Hawks have the ball suddenly. Um, Reddish missed actually a three for the first time in a while, but it was a great tap out by Kevin Herter, and then Trey Young gets in the middle of the lane, hits a floater to get back within two. 
And then uh, after another stop, the Hawks had the have finally the possession that I'm sure you all saw at least by highlight at this point in time. Uh, Kevin Herter hits a hits the uh, eventual game winning three with six seconds to go on a kickout pass. The Hawks scored the final seven points to take that lead. A great find by DeAndre Hunter, who I didn't think played that well in this game, but I thought he executed very well down the stretch. A nice mature decision to kick out for a better shot, and you can't really ask for more down by two than a wide open Kevin Herter catch and shoot three. He is uh, money from there, and uh, it was a no doubter. He, it, it goes in. The Hawks go up by one. There was still time though, with six seconds to go. The Hawks did have uh, a little bit of peril, I will say. I wanted to note here the Hawks did go without Trey Young on the final possession, which I think is the right call. Uh, Trey's defense was actually pretty good in this game by his standards, but still in that spot. It's defense only. You have to get a stop. There's no real reason to have him on the court there. And they went with Bembry instead in his stead, in his stead alongside Herter, uh, Hunter, Reddish, and Collins. They, they got the stop eventually. Uh, DeRozan did, did have the had the corner turned, but uh, some great help from the Hawks at the rim. DeRozan's not a great passer, which the Hawks, I'm sure, scouted and knew that well. Forced him into a really, really tough shot that he missed, and that was the end of the game. So um, I know that was a lot of play-by-play, but just one of those things where it was kind of an interesting game in a lot of respects. A couple of swings that went in Atlanta's favor, and I wanted to point them out because uh, the execution was actually pretty good from a young basketball team to come back late. Down six with 120 to go on the road against a team that's probably better than you is uh, a tough spot and the Hawks executed greatly and they went and they went in and escaped with the victory uh, overall stuff here the Hawks shot the ball great the entire game 64% true shooting which is excellent 50% from the floor 19 of 40 from three that's a huge number there um, and definitely an effective one the Spurs made a lot of free throws they were uh, efficient in that particular way but Atlanta did give up 14 offensive rebounds at 19 turnovers because the Hawks just shot better in this game. They just kind of lost the turnover in the possession battle, but they were able to overcome it with the way that they played overall. Defensively, it wasn't like a master class from Atlanta in this game, but a 115 defensive rating is not great, but it's one of those, it was just enough to win. And uh, aside from the third quarter, it was actually pretty good defensively, I thought, the entire game. And we'll talk about the individual players here in a moment, but still, just a nice win for Atlanta overall. Obviously, that kind of goes without saying when you break a streak like that, um, but even, even aside from the streak, which is certainly just the easy top line talking point. Um, this season only, a young team goes on the road and beats a solid veteran group. The Spurs are not fantastic, but they were certainly the favorites in this game. And the Hawks going in there and stealing a win um, on, the far, on the first time of back to back is is massive for morale, I'm sure. And the tenth win of the season, also two in a row now for Atlanta. So, all that said, we have plenty of positive things to talk about, and uh, yeah, a good performance from the Hawks overall. Okay, after a quick break. Um, We will come back and talk about some more stuff about the individual play in this game, but I want to talk to you about the good folks at MyBookie because between the NFL playoffs, the NBA, and college basketball, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you're going to bet anywhere this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Are you tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game itself. So if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra 1000 in free money to play with using promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Take advantage of this, of this fantastically generous offer from MyBookie. MyBookie.ag. Visit it today using promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You play, you win, and you get paid. 
All right, we're back with the individual stuff in this in this game and a lot of positive performances to discuss. We will go on the bench first. As I said before, only 10 guys played in this spot. Charlie Brown got a DNP. Bruno Fernando was definitely number 10 of 10 in terms of the actual rotation. Only, only played twice, only played eight minutes. Three points, four rebounds. I, I thought Bruno was fine. Um, you know, you could, you could probably tell that he hadn't played in a while. He, did, he actually did play in a G League game this week. Didn't play a ton there, but I'm sure there was some rust coming back from extended absence for Bruno, but I thought he actually looked okay. Had a nice highlight dunk, actually, at one point in time. Uh, Damon Jones, same sort of thing. Pretty quiet, and it's not always the always the worst thing. I will say they were minus 17 in Damian's minutes. That's not all him, but defensively, he's just not very good at times. He did have, again, the best highlight of the night probably on a windmill dunk from Trey Young. But uh, other than that, um, not great, but wasn't, you know, you can't ask for too much more from Damian, uh, even though defensively he needs, to be, he needs to be a little bit better uh, long term. Brandon Goodwin, I thought was pretty solid. He missed all three of his threes, so that kind of hurts his stat line overall. But then four points, three assists, five rebounds. I thought he competed. Um, he, the Hawks didn't crater without Trey Young in this game on the floor, and I thought that was a testament to, to the way that Brandon played. Um, Bembry was pretty quiet offensively, made some nice defensive plays, uh, did have a steal and a block shot as well, and a rebound, did a pretty good job on under Rosen for the most part when he was asked to come in and do that. And then Vince Carter, 22 minutes off the bench, actually played the most, probably because he had it going a little bit in the first half, but still 14 points for Vince. Three rebounds, an assist, a steal, and four of seven on the floor. Three of four from three. Three of four from the free throw line as well. Efficient and productive for Vince. You know, he, he gives some back on, on the defensive end of this, at this point in time, but still, the offense was, uh, it was a lot of fun to see Vince in his bag in the first half, and that was actually proved to be pretty a pretty big stretch for the Hawks. Um, to the starters... In this spot, DeAndre Hunter was pretty quiet. Six six points, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal in 29 minutes. One of five from the floor, 0 of two from three, four of six from the free throw line. It was uh, it was a headband, DeAndre Hunter, in this game. I'm not sure if he's going to keep that based on the way he played the first two and a half, three quarters of the spot. But he wasn't he wasn't terrible. He was just kind of quiet. Uh, didn't play well. I, I would say by, by his standards, but still just didn't kill them either. And made a couple of big plays down the stretch. John Collins, I thought, was fantastic in this game. 18 points, 10 rebounds, uh, had a steal and a block shot as well as he continues to uh, light, up, light up the uh, stat sheet defensively. It was plus 13. That was the best uh, on the Hawks number in this spot. 7 of 13 from the floor, 1 of 3 from 3, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. I thought John was just very, very good. The foul trouble held him back in terms of minutes, only 26 in this game. He probably would have played you know, in the mid-30s if not for the foul trouble, but I thought he was probably the Hawks' best player. Um, if not, you know, Reddish was actually very good in this game. We'll talk about him in a second, and obviously Trey added a lot as well, but I thought Collins was actually quite good in this game, and uh, they needed every every bit of that uh, against the Spurs front line. Um, Kevin Herter, aside from the game winner, which is obviously a huge shot, had 18 points overall, two rebounds, had an assist, a steal, and two block shots. Kevin was uh, not like ridiculously efficient, seven of seven of seventeen from the floor, four of ten from three. But I am all about Kevin Herter taking ten, taking ten threes. Um, four of ten is obviously quite good from three, forty percent. We'll take that all day long. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm here for aggressive Kevin Herter. He's been much much better recently, and this continued that even if it wasn't his like best game imaginable. Um, the big shot was a huge one, and he's just shooting the ball with confidence now. You can definitely see that. Um, Trey Young, I thought was great. Also, 31 points, nine, nine assists, a steal, a block shot, by the way, which is actually a pretty uh, pretty good highlight block shot in the first half. Um, Shouts to Trey for that. I do think his defense was much better than normal. Uh, Kevin Shinar, a good friend of the program, said he thought it was uh, Trey Young's best defensive game of the season. I'm not sure I'd go that far, but I, I do think that he was quite good. Definitely a top you know, three, three or four or five game of the season defensively for Trey. He was quite good by his standards defensively and then offensively. The numbers kind of speak, kind of speak for themselves. 31-9 um, and nine on, on good efficiency. 
10 of 16 from the floor, 6 of 9 from 3. Um, very nice there. A 5 of 7 from the free throw line. And, you know, with the defense, obviously a good game for Trey Young. I do think that in the second half, he was not particularly awesome until the last few minutes. Uh, the third quarter, he didn't score at all. Was pressing. Um, I thought it might be even banged up, banged up with the knee stuff. Early in the fourth, a little bit a little bit of the same. Did, did have a few, I, I, would, I would say, costly turnovers in the fourth quarter. I think maybe only two of those, but certainly a couple of bad um, choice passes. But he made the plays that were necessary when it, when it mattered, and obviously had the huge second quarter as well. And the numbers just kind of just look fantastic because they are. He played great in this game. Um, and finally, Cam Reddish, a breakout game again for Cam. 22 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals, a block shot. Did have 4 turnovers, but uh, was efficient offensively. 8 of 13 from the floor, 5 of 7, a career-high 5 threes for Cam. And he was just awesome in this game on both ends of the floor. Um, the confidence thing has been a talking point throughout the season, but um, both Pierce and Trey Young reiterated that Reddish's confidence is not wavering at all. He seems to be very confident. You can definitely tell that when he has it going early in a game, it energizes him, whether it's intentional or not. It just it definitely gives him more, more of that uh, burst offensively. Defensively, he made life very difficult for the Spurs on the wing in this game, and you definitely see the whole toolbox here from Cam. I thought he had a couple of nice passes in the second half. The shooting is not always going to be five of seven from three, but a couple of good a couple of good games shooting the ball recently. And uh, again, just Reddish was awesome in this spot. Like they, they needed every bit of it as well. A couple of times when he just kind of hit big shots that they absolutely needed when they were sort of going through lulls offensively. And if you look at the three point shooting as a team, nineteen of forty speaks for itself. But um, Reddish, Young, and Herder. Those guys go a combined uh, ten of nine, fifteen of twenty six from three. I mean, you're going to win most of the time when your three starting perimeter players shoot like that from three. Um, Sorry, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, it's not always going to be that good, but all three guys are capable. Reddish, we saw that in this game, and I thought his 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 full floor game was excellent. It might have been his best game of the season. Um, definitely in the top two or three at a minimum for Cam. So they needed a lot to get this win. Basically, you had a couple guys just play great, and they still had still had to steal the win at the end. But still, the Hawks emerge victorious here, and that's the way you def- that you definitely want to start this back to back because the schedule is pretty unforgiving for a while here. I referenced that on the on the podcast with, with Ben Ladner yesterday, but um. After the game on Saturday, which is a little bit favorable in terms of the opponent anyway, um, the Hawks play a lot of playoff teams in the next 10 games or so. A lot of tough matchups there. I will say... The schedule was not that kind for Saturday's game because of the travel element. The Hawks played a taxing game here that went to the wire. There was an 8.30 start on the road in San Antonio, a pretty long flight coming back, and uh, a 7.30 start on Saturday at home, whereas the Pistons did not play on Friday. So they'll be at a rest disadvantage in this game. On the bright side, you would imagine uh, maybe Alex Lynn can get back. Maybe you get a, uh, an uptick from Jeff Teague, um, who Lloyd Pierce told Sarah Spencer of the AJC that um, they're on track, both, Pier- uh, both Teague and Graham, to play, potentially at least be available to play on Saturday so you could have some fresh bodies there but still some guys who played real minutes on Friday and then by the way after that the Hawks play a 2.30 p.m. Eastern time game on Monday so three games in four uh, I almost said four nights three games in four days because the fourth game is actually during the day um, it is a home game so at least they'll be home all, all day Sunday but uh, yeah the schedules the schedule makers doing the Hawks no favors here fortunately the Pistons are not very good at basketball so uh, suddenly Saturday becomes much more winnable Atlanta at this moment by the way is a two-point underdog at home to Detroit um, that seems, 
I guess I, I guess pretty much right because Detroit does have a does have a little bit more, more of a track record. But honestly, um, unless you factor in the rest of band, I think the Hawks actually probably should be favored in that game. Currently, with the way they're playing right now, you never know how the Hawks will respond. And back to backs have been uh, kind of ugly for them this season. But Detroit playing without Blake Griffin, playing without Luke Luke Kennard, etc. That's a game that certainly can be won for the Hawks on Saturday. So we'll see how they play. I will be in the building for that one at State Farm Arena on Saturday evening, and uh, all eyes to see if the Hawks can win their third straight game. But at the end of the day, a great win, honestly, for the Hawks. Um, it was their only tenth, it's their 10th win of the season. They're 10-32. and 32. That's not um, what you want to see necessarily. But uh, breaking the streak, beating a solid basketball team on the road, and you can't really ask for more than that from this young Hawks team. So I will leave it there for this evening. We'll be back again in about 24 hours from now. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend. Check out the recent podcast I did with Ben Ladder. That was a fun one. And uh, we'll see everybody on Saturday night.